Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, don't give up. That's our new series. Excited about that today. Before we dive in, um, 22 years ago, this very Sunday, January 9th, 2000, we started Hope Fellowship. So happy birthday. Happy birthday to all of you. Maybe some of you were here the first day. Man, we, a, lot of, a lot of things have happened. So grateful. <clears throat> One of the things that we learned over the COVID uh, thing last few years was uh, our online presence grew all over the nation, in our area even, people not ready to come to church for whatever reason, maybe they have bad experiences or maybe they uh, have some kind of fear of, of walking into a big crowd, whatever. And so we have noticed that, that especially during the pandemic, and, and then we went online for services, we've grown that by thousands of people. It's been remarkable. And so um, over the last year, we have been navigating that and started an online campus where people from all over the nation are gathering together in small groups online, going through Bible studies, doing whatever it takes to, to become a, a Christ follower and move to the center of God's purpose for their lives. Anyway, uh, Mary Solis, she was our uh, connections pastor at our West Campus, Frisco West. We stole her. Sorry about that, guys. And she is now the online campus pastor. So can we give it up for Mary Solis, who's leading every Sunday on the online campus. Love you guys and all of you watching online. So glad you're with us. Um, a couple of things <clears throat> coming up in the next few weeks. Brain Detox, which is Friday, um, January the 21st. My good friend, Mike Foster, is going to be joining us. So if you're a young adult in the ages of 18 to 25 or so, somewhere in there, you're single, you're going to college, or you're a young professional, we want to encourage you, we want to invite you to come. There's going to be food, we're going to have uh, a fun night, but we're going to talk about anxiety, talk about depression, talk about how do we navigate those things with health. And uh, Mike's going to be with us that whole weekend, actually, here at Hope. He's been here many times. And I'm looking forward to that, very excited about that. Tomorrow, January 10th, we start our 21 days of prayer. As a church, you can download here at our website the PDF for following along with devotionals. There's a, a, a scriptures, obviously. There's some thoughts, and then there's a place for you to journal. You can pick up a, bo a book, a journal-type thing out in, at the Info Center if you'd like. Uh, follow along with us starting tomorrow, 21 days of prayer, just saying as we start 22, God, speak to us. <clears throat> We're ready for you to do something in our lives. And before we make all of our resolutions, and maybe you've made some of those, but let's, let's take a few days and go before the Lord and say, God, you have me. You have all of me. So 21 days of, of a prayer. Now, uh, excited about our new series called Don't Give Up. How many have uh, had a home warranty that you purchased with a home or that came with a home? Ever heard of those things? Um, anybody? No? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> now, sometimes they work real well, and sometimes they don't. Have you ever been on the side of the phone when it's not working so well? right? And you're on the phone and you're, you're, you're like, what? What? So uh, a few years ago, we had a water heater. One of our water heaters <clears throat> went out. And so in my mind, you know, that's an easy thing, right? Water heater went out. 
So I have a home warranty that covers water heaters, right? Uh, you replace that, right? You come out and I pay the, you know, whatever, the 500 bucks or $600 a year, whatever. So no, not so easy, right? Not so easy. Finally, I got to the end of that phone conversation. And I wasn't angry. I wasn't like, I didn't get ticked at him. I was just like, you know what? Never mind. I give up. I'm just going to buy the hot water heater and have it installed. And that's what I did. I just went, I just gave up on the, on, the, on the phone call, gave up on the warranty. So now this, today, I don't have a home warranty, and I'm bitter uh, towards all those. No, I'm not. <clears throat> Would you ever come to that place where you just give up? You ever have a conversation with your teenager, and you just give up? You ever been in line at Whataburger, and you just <laughs> give up? Now, we all know in Texas, Whataburger is king, but they're a slow king right? Uh, especially in Prosper. Um, <clears throat> that Whataburger needs some help. But at any rate, any rate um, over the last couple of years, one of the things that has been, I think, uh, I think in all of our minds is, is a lot of frustration, a, a lot of uh, anger, a lot of things that are going on in this series don't give up. Here's the roadmap. Here's what we want to talk about over the next few weeks. Don't give up today when we feel like it. Next week is when we feel like it again, part two. And then Mike Foster is going to be with us. Don't give up, be a life preserver. And then week four is don't give up when there's another way. We're going to talk about some of the things that, that have been frustrating in this series. Uh, I mean, in this uh, last couple of years, we're going to talk about it in this series. And, and hopefully give some health and, and ways in which we can best approach life. But, but I want to start it in a different way today, because I'm going to put on the screen some of the things that we have felt over the last two years, fed up, tired, anxious, fearful, confused, angry, depressed, discouraged, worried, concerned, ready to give up. And, and many of us, uh, I, don't, I don't know that we would say, I'm ready to give up on my life necessarily, but there's been so much frustration. There's been so many emotions, whether it be racial, whether it be uh, the COVID and the, and the, the climate there of, 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 you know, vaccines and masks and all that stuff, conspiracies or the political thing where it's just been so this. Now, today and next week, I don't want to talk about this, okay? So we're not going to really talk about, I'm not going to try to tackle and give you 10 ways to handle stress or five. That's not bad, but uh, we're going to talk about those things in this series. But, but I feel like we've got to start at a foundation and, and a point in which we can build from to handle some of the principles that can come our way in, in handling challenges and handling uh, difficulty and adversity. But if we don't start at the foundation in the spiritual stress that some of us feel, because when we put those, those words on the screen, there's a spiritual thing that happens when we get fed up when we get tired, when we get frustrated, when we get angry, when we get depressed, when we get anxious. There's a spiritual thing that happens if we're not careful, and we begin backing up, spiritually speaking, from our, from our lives, and we give up in, in some areas of growth. 
We give up in some areas that Jesus has taught, taught us to live, and we just have decided to abandon those things because we're so fed up, we're so angry, we're so frustrated that we go ahead and post that thing, we go ahead and say that thing, we go ahead and do whatever it is, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you, it's not healthy for anyone. But yet we're so <clears throat> fed up, we're so frustrated, <clears throat> how do we start to get healthy and to come out of that kind of world and say, God, what do you, how do you want me to live? That's what I want to talk about today. Here's the roadmap for the series today. I'm going to talk about today, number one, don't give up on faith, and two, don't give up on Scripture. This is where I want to stay today, and then next week, we're going to talk about don't give up on church and don't give up on life. Now, this is for next week. Today, as we talk about give up on faith, I want to go to a foundational passage of Scripture. And when I say give up on faith, I'm not saying losing your salvation. I'm not saying that you're, you don't believe in God anymore or whatever. But I am saying that there are times in which I think, for many of us, we get so emotional or so frustrated that we leave the teachings of Scripture, we leave the teachings of Jesus and how we're supposed to treat one another because we are so stressed, frustrated, anxious, all those things, we're not healthy. And it's not because there are challenges that we're facing outside. It's not because there's so many things going on that we don't know how to handle. It's, it's because the spiritual thing that holds us steady the anchor of our soul, Jesus said, if you build a house on sand, it will crumble when the challenges come. But if you build the house on rock, you will face the challenges and you will stand. Many of us, I feel like, and please, please hear me out here, I feel like sometimes our spiritual lives are built on sand and our spiritual fervor, passion, is directly tied to our circumstances. And that's not a healthy way to live. Our lives and our, our faith is directly related to Jesus, not our circumstances. So let me give you a foundational scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul, in this chapter, he's talking about how hard it's been, the opposition that he's faced. He has been perplexed, he has been confused, he has been abandoned, he has been beaten, he has been put in prison, all for doing good things, right? Preaching the gospel, living his life for Jesus, and he has faced all this adversity. And then he goes on to say this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, that is why we never give up. First of all, let's start right there. That's why we're talking about this series, never give up. We, we, we don't give up when adversity hits us. We don't give up on our faith or the teachings of Scripture or Jesus and how he taught us to, to treat one another and to treat this world and to love this world. We have a purpose and a mission, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We don't give up on that when things happen in our lives that we don't like. We don't give up on those things when challenges or adversity comes. In fact, he says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles, listen, are small 
and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot, cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. So the challenges, the adversity, the trouble that we face right now, it's going to be gone someday. How many of you know you've gone through a trial many years ago, and now it's gone? You've walked through fire many years ago, now it's gone, and now you're fine, and everything's okay. He says, those things are going to, they're, they're going to be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So let me put on the screen like this, and, and this is what I think Paul means. If our perspective is clear, adversity will never give us a reason to give up. So what we face over the last two years, and what you maybe have faced in your marriage, in your finances with your job, your career, with your kids, with your money, with whatever, those things are going to come. The challenges in life are going to come. But when you have a perspective that Paul had and says, man, I'm facing all these challenges. I don't even understand what's going on here, but I don't give up because I know that what I'm going through right now is very temporary. I fix my eyes on things that are eternal. So if our perspective is clear, adversity will never be a time in which we just walk away from our faith. We just give up. Now, giving up happens for a variety of reasons. We talk about giving up on faith. It happens many times, the parable of the sower and the seed. You remember this story, the, Jesus is telling a story of a farmer going out to sow seed in the soil, and the interpretation of the story is he sows seed into a heart, but the enemy steals the word, steals what was, what was uh, sown, and they don't produce any fruit. Another person, it's sown into their heart, but it doesn't take root because the soil, the heart is shallow, it's immature. It, can't, it, it just doesn't grow, it doesn't produce fruit. The next person, is, a word is sown, and, and the cares of life choke it out. The distractions of life and money and the, what this world has to offer distract it, and it never bears fruit. And then another heart, the, the word is sown, and it produces a hundredfold what was, what was sown. Now, the question for us today is, which one are you? Which one am I? Am I producing fruit or am I distracted by what this world is doing and, 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 and the challenges that are around me? Or is my faith so immature that when something happens that I don't like, I walk away from faith, I walk away from church, I walk away from God and just say, you know what, that's not fair. How many have lived long enough to know that life isn't fair? Right? So you can take your marbles and go home or you can say, God, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. But you know what? I'm going to trust you. There's a story. Many of us, uh, our faith is shaken when bad things happen to good people. That's the age question. That's the age-old question that I get is, why does God allow, you know, fill in the blank, bad things to happen to good people? And there's a story in the Old Testament Job is a, a guy that lived in the Old Testament who had everything. You name it, he had it. He had success. He had, he had family. He had money, health. He had everything that you could want. 
but he, there's, a, there's a story in, in the book of Job, and it's not a, it's not a, I mean, it's a fascinating read, but it's a hard read. Here's what happens to Job. Let's read the context of this, and I'll give you a few thoughts. Job chapter 1, verse 6. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser Satan came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity, fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yeah, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look at how rich he is. But reach out and take everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Here's the rest of the story. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with the news, with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians, Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all your shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, a third messenger, how many at this point are going, stop, you know, talk to the hand, right? A third messenger arrived with this news, three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed, and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. How many think this is a bad day? Now, let me just say before we read the rest of this, when somebody's grieving, let me just, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny here, but, but when somebody's grieving, you don't mention Job, okay? So when somebody's really hurting and going through something, you don't go, well, remember Job, you know, I mean, when somebody's hurting and somebody's grieving, all you do is mourn with those who mourn. All you do is just cry with them and you pray for them and you love them and you're present. You don't go to Job. But so since, we're not, since I'm not in that situation, I'm going to go to Job today. But I'm not trying to, to, to instruct you to, to go to Job when somebody's hurting and tell them, well, Job had it worse than you, so get over it. Don't do that. Just mourn with those who mourn. But here's Job's response. Now, all of that happened. Lost his family. Lost everything he had. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. I find that interesting. And he worshiped. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now, how many know this is easier said than done? There's something deep in somebody's heart and life that is 
that is this way with a relationship with God, that when things like this happen, they are steadfast in their faith. It doesn't mean they don't grieve. It doesn't mean they don't have questions. It doesn't mean they don't ask those questions, but it means at the end of the day, I'm not giving up. At the end of the day, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what we might go through in our country, no matter what happens in my family, no matter what happens in my life, I am going to trust him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to worship him. Job 19, he says it this way, my redeemer lives. At the end of the day, he's going to stand upon this earth, for I know that my redeemer lives. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in our lives, can we be the people? And I know this is easier said than done. I know that. I know this is not easy. But can we be the people that no matter what happens around us, no matter what happens politically, no matter what happens physically, no matter what happens racially, no matter what happens financially, no matter what happens in our lives, that we as the people of God can stand with Job and just say, hey, my Redeemer lives. I don't understand all this, but he gave me everything I had, and he's taken it away. Praise be the name of the Lord. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to worship him. Now, I know that's a mouthful. But in 2022, can we move past our anger and our frustration and our anxiousness and our whatever, fear? And can we just say, God, I trust you. How many understand God's not surprised by anything that's happened in your world and in your life? God is not surprised by anything that's happened in our country He's not surprised by election. He's not surprised by COVID. He's not surprised by anything. He is in control. He is on the throne. The people of God, our response is that we never give up on our faith. We don't just leave what Jesus and how he taught us to live and how he taught us to treat people. We don't leave that. We just say, God, I'm trusting you and I'm going to worship you. I don't like this. I don't like what's going on, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to worship you right? This is, this is where the foundation is for handling stress. Is it, it's in our faith. We don't give up on our faith. We don't give up on how he's called us to live, but we leverage it. We lean into it. And when the going gets tough and all the things around us that are going crazy and we don't understand it, we stand strong. Ephesians 6, when the enemy comes in, when he attacks, we stand strong, we stand firm. Now, the second thing, the second thing is we don't give up on Scripture. Now, <clears throat> I've, talking, I've, I've talked a lot about this over the last few years, but I, I get concerned not for hope because I know our church doesn't do this, but I know there's a lot of churches that watch us around the area and some people that you need to hear this because hope does this perfectly. But a lot of Christians are, they're uh, cafeteria-type uh, Bible readers. You know what I mean? I mean so, in other words, we, we like some Bible verses, and we put them on in frames, and we put them on our walls. But then the other verses that we don't like, that we don't want to live by, we just ignore or disregard. We just kind of tear them out of our Bible. It's like Luby's Cafeteria. When I was growing up, that's where we went. Luby's Cafeteria. Some of you went to Furs. Some of you went to wherever. I don't know why it's... I went to Luby's, and I get to, I take one of those, I'll take one of those, right? You got the Jello first, and all the, I don't know, that was a weird thing, and then you got the, you know, anyway. 
And some of us do that with the Bible. I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll take that promise. Oh, no, no, that correction? No, no, no. I don't believe that anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, think, it's, I think it's important that, we, that we, just, we, we, 2022, let's make it a year of the Bible kind of thing, where we just say, you know what, Lord, there may be some things that I don't understand. There may be some things I don't like. But I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to lean into the Word, and I'm going to study. Second Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, his son of the Lord, he says this, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know, for you, know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is what scripture does. Let me put it on the screen like this. Just because the word of God corrects us doesn't mean we ignore or disregard it. Now, how many remember growing up, and if your family, if your mom and dad loved you, I'm not talking about abuse, but I'm talking about if they loved you, they disciplined you, right? I remember in church, I remember if I was, I, sometimes I got to sit with my friends, I'd go sit, and we were talking and laughing or whatever, and I would get that look from my mom, and, you're going to get it when you get home, <laughs> right? And if they were close to me, they'd flick me on the ear. You know, oh, it hurt. And, and I knew when I got home, now I know some of you don't like the belt. I got the belt, man. I mean, I got, you know, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to get emails now, I know. <clears throat> Whatever, but the discipline, I got, I got home, and, and I didn't go to my room going, man, I cannot wait for this because it's good for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I did not wait. I did not wait like that. I was like, ah. But you know what I'm saying, correction is, is good for us. I'm not talking about abuse, I'm just talking about correction when we're corrected or, or, or we're, we're grounded or we're, we gotta sit in a circle and look at the circle on the, on the wall, whatever it is that we had to go through, that was for a reason. And that's what scripture does. Just because it corrects us doesn't mean we just say, I don't like it. Because how many know those kids that didn't get the belt, right? How many of those kids that, well, well, let me say say it this way, didn't get disciplined, didn't get corrected? How many remember those kids that did not get corrected, and you're like, whew, they should take them out to the woodshed or whatever, because we we know what kind of life that produces. They're brats. They're babies. They're selfish and all those things. 2 Timothy chapter 4 goes on to say, and this is why we're camping here, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, listen, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Because a time is coming, listen, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. There's, there's going to come a time in which somebody will say, people will say, I don't want to hear that. I don't believe that anymore. That was written 2,000 years ago. That didn't apply to me. It didn't mean that anymore. And I understand the Word of God. we got to contextually and culturally, we got to figure it out. And sometimes it's not always easy. But there are, some, there are some other things that are very easy. We just don't like it. 
because it corrects us. And there's going to come a time in which, and we're in that time, where people will ah, I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to listen to that. They will follow their own desires. In other words, what I want to do, I'm going to live how I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. And they'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Do you understand? So there's parts of the Bible that we like, and we say, I like that promise. Man, I love eternal life. I love God loves the world. Oh, don't do that. I don't like that. That's not, that, I, that's not, I don't like that. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have that today. No liver and onions. I'm just going to have the fried fish or whatever. I'm thinking of lubies. That's, they're a good fried fish. Cod. Let me put on the screen like this. What the Bible says about sex, money, love, selfishness, purpose, and anything else to instruct on how to live is just as inspired as the resurrection of Jesus. Well, take the resurrection of Jesus, but don't correct me. They're all, it, it, it's just as inspired. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And this, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, because it divides between what we want and what He wants. And when we go to the Word of God and lean on it, not fall away from it, not get away from it, but when we leverage it, when we lean into it, it helps us to learn how to live. And when we face the challenges that we face and we want to give up and we think America's going to hell, I don't know what's going on, this is crazy. Of all the people, and I say this all the time, but all the people on the planet who should be filled with hope, who should be filled with peace, who should be filled with faith. It's the people of God. Never give up, even though we are facing calamity and challenges and trials and tragedies. We just say, God, I'm never giving up. And it's not because we have 10 things to do to relieve stress. But it's because we are, our lives are built on a faith in Jesus Christ and on the solid rock. And when adversity and challenges come, they're going to come, and I'm not going to like them, and I'm going to be grieving, and I'm going to be fearful or whatever, but I am not going to be moved. Because my, my, my faith is built on the Word of God, on Jesus Christ, and, and I'm not going to back up from that. And some of us, <clears throat> just because we were taught things that were wrong in the Bible doesn't mean the Bible's wrong. There were things that I, were, I was taught that were sin, and when I grew up and I realized, oh, that's not sin. Have you ever, you know, anybody taught something that they preached was sin? You don't do that. You're going to hell. Every preacher that taught that had a country accent. <laughs> and then you read the Bible for yourself later and you realize, oh, that's not really sin. Right, so we all, just because you were told that and somebody, doesn't mean you just back up from Scripture and say, well, I don't know what, to, I don't know if I believe that. Just because somebody told you that God heals everybody and then he didn't heal you, doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. It doesn't mean that Scripture is wrong. It just means that God heals some and he doesn't heal some others. God works miracles in some cases and in some cases he doesn't. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's make this a year where we don't let the outside challenges and the outside circumstances dictate our faith. 
dictate our strength. Let us stand strong in faith, not, not giving up on our faith or on his word, but we leverage it and we lean into it. And we say, God, no matter what comes my way, no matter what you're doing in my life and how you're correcting me and the things that I don't understand that are happening, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And we're going to sing a song in just a minute. And during this song, we're going, to, we're going to all sing it together. I want you to stand in just a minute. We're just going to sing this song together. It's, it, it's something about we build our lives on you. We build our lives on you. Take my life and all that I have and the challenges that I'm facing and the fear that I have and the anger that I have and the stress that I have. And we, I just say, God, I'm going to build my life on you, not those things. I'm building my life on you, not America. I'm building my life on you, not a president. I'm building my life on you, not a vaccine or not a mask or not a whatever. I'm building my life on you, and I'm going to let you restore the joy of my salvation. And this year, more than anything, if that's not the foundation of our lives, if our faith is not our foundation, and we try to tackle things in the flesh, and we try to navigate every day, you're in a good mood, bad mood, mad, angry, sad, glad. We're gonna be a disappointing people. But if we can leverage our faith in his word and not give up, even when it seems bad, we don't give up. God, would you take our faith in the, in the mustard seed that it is, and whatever's been planted in our hearts, would you just grow that right now? And as we sing this song to you, and as we kind of focus our hearts and our energy today on who you are and who you want us to be, that when we face the challenges and the trials and the tragedies of life, that we don't, we don't walk away from our faith, that when we get corrected or read scripture that is hard, we don't walk away from scripture but we lean into it and we say, God, you are the Lord of my life. No matter what comes my way, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm gonna stand on your word. Father, may your kingdom come in our lives as we build our lives on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring So worthy of every breath we could ever bring We live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say, so worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.